Hey guys, I'm EJ, founder and chief management officer of Noir Management, and this is the Noir Report. As you know, this season we're taking an inside look at the mental, physical, and financial effects of the global pandemic known as COVID-19, and its overall creative effects on the multicultural influencer marketing and business communities at large. We're bringing you minority creators, entrepreneurs, and business owners giving us the real or connecting, building, and influencing during a global crisis. And while we're all at one time or another struggling to find meaning and purpose during this time, we do believe that now, more than ever, we should tap back into the things that center and ground us. Our guest today is someone who is not only an advocate and leader of change and truly an amazing friend and someone I'm so blessed to have in my tribe. She's also a proud woman of God who's leaning more into her faith to weather this storm and come out stronger and better than ever before. Because as Philippians 1.6 has taught us, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. She understands that God's plans for our life haven't been canceled, much like outside has. It has instead been rerouted to refocus on that which is most important to our personal life missions. Denora Pena is the founder and chief talent officer of Bodega 7, a bi-coastal talent management agency representing top entertainment and digital talent of color. Prior to becoming an entrepreneur, Denora was head of influencer marketing and brand partnerships at Unilever for the Sundial portfolio of brands, including those which I know we all know and love, Shea Moisture and Nubian Heritage, Madam C.J. Walker, and Nikeo. A graduate of Manhattan College with a degree in communications, Denora was a 2016 recipient of the 30 Under 30 PR Rising Star awarded by PR News. A public relations veteran with over 10 years experience in multicultural marketing, she has gained invaluable insights into the cultural nuances of Hispanic and African-American communities, allowing her to bring acute knowledge to the table to deliver compelling public relations and marketing campaigns along with experiential events. Her previous clients include Nike, Domino's Pizza, Harman Kardon, and Sony Television, and she is truly one to watch in this space as her passion, drive, and sheer grit and knowledge are unmatched. I'm so, so excited to bring this conversation to you because I know it will be food for the soul. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Denora Pena. I don't like to give people's receipts. I like to let people give their own receipts. They worked hard for them. So Denora, before we jump into our conversation, why don't you tell the people who you are, what you do uh, at Bodega Seven? Thank you, Ernest, and thank you for having me. Uh, so, yeah, so as you mentioned, I am the founder and chief talent officer of Bodega 7, or talent management agency, um, representing talent of color. Um, yeah, I have a 10-plus year career in PR and influencer marketing. Um, I graduated with a, a degree in communications, will dual concentration in PR and journalism, and, and I've sort of been in the field ever since, and I've done everything from consumer PR to medical PR, um, lifestyle, I mean, you name it, and I've done it. I've represented everything from Nike and Domino's Pizza to beauty brands like Shea Moisture um, and Columbia Doctors uh, Midtown. So literally, you name it, I've done it. Um, for me, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. It was just a matter of when. Um, and so God really put it on my heart back in 2017, 2018. I really started taking it seriously. And then 2000, January 2019 was when I finally quit my job um, to really pursue and focus on the business full time. 
And so Bodega 7, as I said, is a talent management agency. We focus specifically on talent of color and of traditionally underrepresented groups. Um, so everything from, uh, you know, traditional brand partnerships to TV film to business development, et cetera, we're here to service our clients and make all of their dreams come true and, um, you know, to help them build businesses that will create a legacy for them. That's awesome. And I, I like how you talked about your background being so diverse. Do you feel that having the diverse background and the diverse client roster that you've worked on, that that has kind of helped you in a way be an entrepreneur because it, it helps you deal with the ambiguities of varying um, needs? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, so the first thing is that I would say that having worked in with all of these different brands throughout my career and all of these different categories um, and points of interest, if you will, that 100% helped me get an understanding of, well, what do I actually like, right? Because I had a, mm -hmm. there was a point that I had a stint in music and to understand, well, what is it that you enjoy about the music industry? And it was just in general, the entertainment aspect, right? Um, right. And so I think that that's one thing that of course absolutely benefited and, and helped lead me here where, where there is so much clarity. I, f I feel like we all have like one very clear purpose, but it's also mm -hmm. ever changing because as you continue to sort of tap in um, and grow in wisdom, you also learn how to use your purpose for many things. And so yeah. I think that again, it's ever changing and ever evolving and ever growing and flourishing, flourishing, et cetera. Um, we're smart to put ourselves in different things to really get what we love and, and, and what, sparks joy and what lights the fire in us, but then also, um, you know, finding our purpose in that. So yeah. having worked with different brands and different categories and, and absolutely um, was one of the smartest things um, that I did. And, it, and truly, it wasn't even intentional. It kind of happened by accident. Yeah. And that's why I really wanted to talk to you and why we're, you know, titling this episode Face Over Fear, because I feel mm -hmm. that purpose is so important. And when you have mm -hmm. a purpose or there's intentionality behind the things that you do, you can mm -hmm. move um, with a faithful spirit because you're not doing it for any other reason but because you know it is fulfilling the greater purpose of your life. Absolutely. And that can come from, you know, whatever spiritual calling that you give energy and power to, but, you know, God or Allah or whoever it is that you pray to, mm -hmm. you know that your purpose is given to you by that and you move with that. And so, you know, I want to ask, before we really delve in, like, how are you doing during this time? You know, the world is definitely at a standstill in a way that people are processing tremendous loss, either um, the greatest loss of loved ones or even, mm -hmm. you know, something as losing their jobs or losing their way of mm -hmm. being. Like, how are you doing um, during this time? You know, it's interesting. I, I think that what's going to unite us as people is the fact that we all went through this together, and it's crazy to think yeah. that, that, you know, in, like, a year or two or even in a few months like five six months we're going to be like yo wasn't that crazy like can you believe we went Listen, through this yep. like <laughs> yo remember that we were actually like locked up in our houses for like two to three months mm -hmm. um, so so and i think that and it's interesting because i've read um articles from a lot of the people that live in china that are uh, you know that already went through that and yep. and i've read sort of what their day by day or their week by week felt like and it all sounds so familiar and so um week week 1 i was like okay okay like all right this is no problem and then week 2 was when like it started really hitting me so though so that week 2 was very rough for me um 
because I just sort of, it, it created so much more uncertainty. And then that was also at the same time that I was starting to see how it was affecting my clients and thus my business. But then I also, that, that Sunday actually, um, I tuned into church. I'm a member of Transformation Church, which is a church in um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I tuned into church and God just spoke to me and he said, listen, I need, I need you to worship me every single morning, first thing, before you do anything else, before you open a text, open Slack, check email, et cetera. I need you to worship me every single morning for an hour. And ever since I started doing that, I've been completely stress-free as it relates to the pandemic. I'm doing everything that I can humanly do to do my part to stay healthy and, and you know, to be positive. But truly, I've found peace since hearing that very clear calling from God who told me, I need you to not worry about anything and just worry about praising me right now. And that's so important. I feel like, you know, I'm glad you touched on that because I think for a lot of people, it's about managing fear and anxiety mm-hmm. of the unknown mm-hmm. of life, but also as an entrepreneur, the unknown of life is the life of an entrepreneur. Like we don't know yes. what, you know, to, every day is not the same. No two days are the mm-hmm. same. And mm-hmm. for us, we live in a constant state of ambiguity. Like mm-hmm. bills can be paid on time, but then you could be three months behind because the jobs are, you know, few, far and in between. And it's truly feast or famine until you get um, your business in a place where it runs like clockwork. So, you know, I know you said you pray and like listen and tune into God every morning before you do that. Are there other things that you do before, like, spiritually tapping in or after spiritually tapping in that allows you to kind of manage your fear and anxiety as it relates to business? Because I think, again, as an entrepreneur, you're used to the ambiguity of life and the life of an um, entrepreneur, but during a pandemic, it's Mm -hmm. it's a new unknown. Oh, absolutely. In that first hour, what I'm doing is I'm listening to worship music and, and obviously I'm lifting my hands and I'm crying every single day, which is incredible. Oh, um, love it. But, but then I'm also being very intentional about um, looking into the things that God is placing on my heart during this time. And so there's a lot of what I have found when I, since starting to, um, you know, do this worship every morning, first thing is that what God has communicated to me is that there's actually other areas in my life that he needs me to work through during this time and to find Mm -hmm. healing. And so as my worship music is playing and I'm worshiping and I'm praising, I'm also picking up my Bible and reading um, the scriptures on the things that he's very clearly communicated that he needs me to, to study. And I'm also journaling. And when I journal, I talk to God. And so that has also been um, very refreshing. And I have, and I have to be very honest, that just completely sets the day for me. Um, I love it. Then outside of that, like truly, if I only had that, I really truly wouldn't need anything else. Um, Also just made sure to remain intentional and diligent about the other things that service me that at the end of the day still also bring glory to God, right? Like, you know that God says, your body is your temple. And so I mean, I'm making sure that my body is taken care of during this time. So mm-hmm. I, and I mean, prior to this happening, um, I was pescatarian and now largely plant-based. And so I'm still continuing to eat incredibly healthy. Shout out to the inch that I lost off my waist since it's Come pandemic. on, Ink off. Come on. No quarantine <laughs> body over here. And, <laughs> so so I've, I've been very intentional about continuing to eat very healthy and also very intentional about um, exercising now. 
has it been difficult to I'm like a gym rat and so I like to lift uh, really heavy like I'm like it. I want 180 pounds on my back for a Yay. squat so I, that's what I love and that's what I enjoy but obviously gyms are shut down and so by the grace of God I had you know kettlebells and dumbbells at my mom's house that Stay I ready. Just, like you ain't gotta get ready over. yeah I I literally sent an Uber to pick them up and like I got them so. I've worked out now as aggressively as I normally do, where I usually go to the gym five to six times a week. No, um, but because it's hard, like I'm not in a gym environment. I live in a small Brooklyn apartment. I have a big mm-hmm. dog. So, you know, the setup isn't um, encouraging per se, but, yeah. but I also have, I've literally been diligent to say, to tell myself, at least get two workouts in, at least get three workouts in because you cannot keep your body immobile during this time. I love that. Right? And, and so, yeah. so I will say that those outside of everything that God does for me within that first hour of my morning, um, I will say that those are things. Oh, and actually, the last thing that I would say that has really been helpful is um, maintaining a sense of normalcy for me as far as I have not given in to like, oh, well, we're home, so I can just sort of wake up and, and whenever I want or whatever. Yes, I've given keep that my business the respect that it deserves um, by continuing to still wake up early and to still put in my time. Um, and, and, and on the other side of that is also giving, giving my business a respect to say, hey, you're trying to work in the midst of a pandemic. I'm glad so, you said that. Okay. Yeah. And so you're limited because I, I'll be honest, the, week one and two, the everything that uh, that's when everybody was oh if you're not building a new business and whatever yes, in this time like you were just yes. lazy you lack discipline that for a second was like one two punching me I'm like oh it's true like oh, I, I need to yeah, create oh, the revenue yeah. things I need this I need that <laughs> and then really again because God uses vessels I saw this uh, tweet that essentially went viral that said like if God whether God is putting it in your, on your heart to take this moment to sit back, rest and relax or build another business, either one is okay, there's nothing wrong. Just yeah. as, basically as as long as you're listening to God. And I wish I knew it by memory. Um I'm really paraphrasing because obviously it sounded more poetic. Um <laughs> I felt really calmed me. And so again, I've given my business the respect. I've continued to work on it. Um the the way that I was working on it before, but I've also fully acknowledged like, hey, as I said to you in many in many calls, you're like working really hard. You're like lifting concrete to find opportunities. It's yeah. great that you have that drive in you, but then also recognize that you're trying to lift concrete in the midst of a pandemic. And so you cannot become insecure or afraid or feel inadequate when something doesn't work out the way that you think it would because it is a pandemic. Yes. You know? yes. And I'm glad you mentioned that pressure, that personal pressure we put ourselves. And again, you know, entrepreneurs, the entire journey of an entrepreneur is one big pressure cooker. And you're the one with the foot on the gas or the foot on the brake. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you know, we hear the saying, if you want to go fast, um, you know, if you want to go, go fast, alone. go alone, mm-hmm. if you want to go mm-hmm. far, go together. And I think for a mm-hmm. lot of entrepreneurs, it's a lot of fast alone time. And so mm-hmm. there's pressure to show up, especially in social media. Everyone's an entrepreneur. Everyone's doing a side hustle or glorifying it in the sense of like, look at me, mm-hmm. just made 60000 with this master class or just sold all this product. And so there's constant pressure. So I'm glad you are giving yourself that time to say, what, what does the Nora need during this time? Like I have the pressure of my life post-corona, 
um, mm-hmm. or BC before Corona, I was pressuring my life and my business to kind of um, BC. I'm so bad. BC before Corona. It's a thing now, but I love that you you know, also have taken your spiritual faith and it's strengthened your relationship in God to say, listen, this is the time I need to talk to him and get mm-hmm. really centered on how can I be the best for not only just myself but my business. And, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm curious, like, what strategies do you have now that maybe you didn't have BC? Like, is there new strategies that you developed that says, like, hey, this is how my business moves forward during this pandemic and how we will survive the pandemic? Yes, and and many people listening are going to be like, okay, um, <laughs> my strategy is to remain in faith. Amen. Amen. Literally, that that that's just my strategy. Like, my strategy is to remain in faith. Like, I I would not be doing what I am doing right now if God did not call me to do it. Number one. I love it. Number two, God does not call you to do something that He does not equip you for. Yes. Right. Yes. Number three, when God calls you to do something and he has then equipped you, he says, now put your hand to work. Faith without working days. Correct. And so, again, that's literally been my strategy. That That's literally the strategy that I am now implementing because here's the thing, Ernest. My first two weeks at this, I failed because I didn't tap into my faith. Oh, wow. At no moment... At no moment did I sit down and pray for peace. I was allowing myself to live in worry. And the funny thing is that you don't even realize it until you finally pray for peace, and then you realize, I didn't even pray. You didn't even tap into the energy source. Correct. And so so that is literally literally what I understand. Oh, so this needs to be my strategy going forward, that the moment that something like this, God forbid, happens again, Mm -hmm. or whatever version of this happens again, I need to tap into my faith within seconds as opposed to trying to handle it the way that I was trying to handle it, which is by worrying for two weeks before saying, God, please bring peace upon me. It's ridiculous to think. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, And and the funny thing is that everybody, um, people tend to think that, when you become saved and sanctified and a Christian and you're in your word, that those things sort of become automatic for you, that it's always your first response. Uh-uh. We're human. Right. We yes. still, we still, we, again, still never fully and never will fully understand the true power and, and possibility and potential of God. And so that's why, even though, yes, we love God and, and we acknowledge him and we know what he does, it's very also easy for us to forget to go to him first. Yeah, we get complacent like any relationship, you know, physical Correct. or metaphysical or, you know, spiritual, however you want to look mm-hmm. at it. It's like you get complacent and you just always assume that person is going to be there or that thing mm-hmm. will be there to drive mm-hmm. you forward, but you actually aren't giving life or speaking life into the thing that you mm-hmm. need to give you life. Yes, and actually saying this out loud, I just had a revelation. I, my first two weeks, I wasn't going to him first. And his response to me when he spoke to me that Sunday was, I need you to start praising and worshiping me the first thing you do when you wake up. See? He is teaching me a habit of going to him first. Yes. 
because Listen I'm sure he's reminding you. On this call. Listen, if we could just touch somebody, I'm about to pass around the collection plate, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I mean, collect all of the tithes and offerings. All the tithes and offerings. Again, that's why I said faith over fear was mm-hmm. the episode title for you because you, you have even strengthened my faith in certain situations, and I know you and I have always had personal conversations, you know, mm-hmm. back and forth just mentoring each other through various things. I think, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I think that has been great is how we navigate client pressure, right? So let's talk about mm-hmm. that for a second. Mm-hmm. We have, again, we have personal pressure with how we want our entrepreneurial story to be told or to be viewed, right? What's the perception of Denora, the the talent officer, or Denora, the founder, the CEO, mm-hmm. the business mm-hmm. owner? But then what's at the core of what you do agent work. You know, you are going out mm-hmm. and sourcing work for your clients and helping them build careers, and you're responsible for their livelihood in a way, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. yes, they could go on and eat without you, but they, they they really look to you to say, here's the next move and here's the next meal. So during this time, talk about that client pressure that you have to also navigate and how you're navigating that with your current um, talent roster. Yeah, so I'm actually really lucky. Um, excuse me, I'll rephrase that because nothing is left to luck. I'm actually really blessed. Yeah, um, blessed. That I don't highly have, right? <laughs> that I don't have any clients that put that pressure on me, um, okay. because they know how hard we work. Um, and it's interesting because week one and two, when I told you that. I was like really OD stressing. I actually yep. had a client tell me, shout out to Kendall Kendall, my client, um, Come on, Kendall. actor and social media personality, Kendall Kendall, um, who actually told me, he said, girl, you need to calm down. Every time I call you, you sound and look stressed. Yeah, and I and I and I told him, and I was like, no, you know, dude, you know how I work. Like I'm out here lifting mm-hmm. coffee, trying to make sure you guys stay employed. And but he's like, Denora. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Like my client checked me on that. Yes, you need people. You like know what that. I'm saying? He's like, Denora, this whole time, the past, like the past two weeks, this whole time, I'm thinking that when you're telling me, oh, I'm working, I'm working, that you're doing basically administrative stuff to like just catch up on things that probably fell through the cracks this whole time because now you perhaps have more flexibility. I didn't know that you were out here trying to find things still like chill out he literally kendall i love you so much if you're listening literally literally kendall was like was the one that said that to me and 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 i have to tell you that was that moment lifted that happened right before um i watched that sermon that sunday that god just chose that moment to speak to me but even in that in that moment um there was a relief that i felt where I said, because a lot of the pressure oftentimes we just kind of put it on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that moment really relieved some pressure off of me where I said, okay, because you always, to your point, we essentially create our, our you know, we're in charge of our clients' livelihoods and all of that. And, and, yeah. and it's our job to keep them employed. Um, and so, and I take that very seriously. And so, I never want any one of our clients to feel that we're not working hard enough for them because we're around the clock for them. Yeah. So it was a hundred percent self imposed pressure. 
but it was such a weight taken off my back to hear my very own client who relies on me to make sure that he's employed and 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 that he's you know continuing to grow et cetera because we operate in partnership right that yeah of course that was that was just a, a, a it just really it, I was able to breathe for the first time and that's um, what we need is just to take long deep breaths and say this too shall pass. And, you know, I was reading one, um, I read an article that said, you know, people need to stop saying that uh, COVID-19 is the great equalizer. It's an mm-hmm. equalizer in a way that we're all going through it, but the effects of it are affecting different communities in different ways. And, of course. you know, and even being more intentional, we both are people of color, you know, mm-hmm. so we, we are minorities and we exclusively and proudly work on the behalf of minority talent. So talk you know, let the people know, like, how much pressure it is just to be a minority uh, talent manager, but also a minority creator, and how you have to look at this as there are very few opportunities for me to begin with when Mm -hmm. outside is open. So Mm -hmm. now, what do I do in this moment? Do I create out of a sense of scarcity, or do I create out of a sense of art heals the world, and let me remind myself that I am an artist? providing a service for consumption that I am sometimes compensated for. Of course. And and let me tell you, it's always the latter, pandemic or not. I was a panelist on on a conference that Brittany Hennessy did. Um, yes, I remember uh, that. Uh, uh, yeah, Duct Tape and a Dream. Someone asked the pa- us panelists, when's the right time to quit your job to um, become a full-time content creator? And I said, until you are in a position where you can turn down a brand because they're not paying you what you deserve, Come don't on. quit your job. What do I say? Brand building or bank building? Don't quit your job. No one, regardless whether you're a content creator, yep. whether you're whatever you do, the position that you never want to be in. Now, I, I, I say this very lightly and sensitively because it's very like you never know what circumstances you're succumb to and so of course. that could be any one of our our of our stories any day, right? But the 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 hope and and the dream and the work that we put up on the forefront should always be to never have to operate out of scarcity, right? Because at that moment, then again, you're doing things because you need to and not because you want to. Right. And when you need to do something Right. And, and what I say need, read desperation, et cetera. Yes. Right. Because yep. that's very different from what Your you need to do because it. God called you to that. Right. Exactly. So when Your you purpose. need to do something to survive, that's very different from when you want to do something that you were called to do and then thusly then create provisions for you. Yeah. It's very different. And so you never want to be in the position you're doing things out of scarcity. Never, because what's the purpose in scarcity? Like, you're supposed to live life abundantly and to be abundantly blessed. And it's like, if you operate from a scarcity mindset, then you've already mm-hmm. lost and blocked whatever else may have come your way. So, you know, I always, I'm telling my clients now, like, listen, create if you want to create, but don't create mm-hmm. because everyone is going IG live. It's like, ugh, everyone's bored on the internet yep. and I'm just trying to figure out how do we pull the plug on some of these lives. But it's yep. like, if you want to, Yes, this is a great time to test new programming, test new con- mm-hmm. um, content ideas, but only because that is who you are and that is what you mm-hmm. want to do, not because mm-hmm. it's what you feel like you have to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said um, it, we. I posted something to you on the 
Bodega 7 um, social pages. Uh, right at the, at the very beginning when this happened, I want to say it was like maybe March 15th or 16th, whatever that first Monday was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, we know that these uncertain times may have you feeling uneasy, but right now is the best time to create from a place of passion and not payment. Your yes. content should either be a resource or a relief to your community. So because of what we're going through right now, right now, yes, it's a great time. Continue to create. Don't stop doing that. People are online now. Like online times have more than doubled. People are still, you know, not everybody, right, because people have had hard financial impacts, right? But in general, people are still fully tapped into online. They're scrolling Instagram and Facebook and watching YouTube videos like 2X, right? Um, So don't stop creating if you so feel inspired to do it. If you need to take a break because of the reality of the world and what we're going through, do that. But if you so much, if you so feel inspired to continue to create, what you create should either be a resource to your community or a relief. And what I mean by resource is you should be sharing things that can help other people right? Whether that is Mm -hmm. resources that you're aware of, whether that is you're sharing your testimony and by sharing your testimony, you're able to um, free someone else, whatever that is, be a resource. And whatever being a resource looks for you, be a resource. Or you can be a relief. People should come to you and find joy and find peace. You know what I'm saying? So be one or the other. And and, and in a way, you're you're still being a resource, right? You're a resource for relief. Mm-hmm. You're a resource for information. So mm-hmm. as I think, you know, I think it's a great reminder for a lot of content creators and just people that create um, in general, it's like your content provides some sort of, re- re- you, it becomes a resource for the audience. If you mm-hmm. have, no matter how mm-hmm. large your audience is, you are considered to be a resource for a reason. So just like we're tapping into various resources, like our mentor, friends, um, family, God, all of these resources that are around us, like, continue to be a resource as long as you are refilling yourself from your resources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you definitely can't give from a, you can't pour from an empty cup. And, you know, I think the biggest thing and greatest thing I have learned um, through this entire thing is to give myself grace. You know, I will say that I'm operating at 75%. That other 25% is the, the well, what, what's the fuck? you know, question mark of what's going on in the world or how am I feeling today? Like I'm allowing myself more time to process how I'm mm-hmm. feeling and going through life because everyone's processing. So it's just like, okay, I can I don't have to go at a hundred because I know that the moment outside opens up, we're gonna be back at hundred and fifty. Because we're right. gonna just exactly. to all the bad. And so, Absolutely. you know, I think if I if 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 people don't take anything from this conversation, I would wanna ask you a question which would be what narrative do you hope to share um, for yourself or your business during this time and then after? When we're on the other side of this, what will be the hindsight of you've gone through this and now here's how I'm moving forward? I think I'll table a business narrative and say something that's more personal that naturally impacts the business. It's super clear. Fear is not of God. Amen. Fear is not of God, and and we need to train ourselves to repeat that as much as we need to, to find mm-hmm. the peace that we need to find. Fear is not of God. And so moments like these create fears over our personal lives, for our health, for our family, over our businesses, 
over everything. Moments like these create fear. But fear is not of God. It's not very clearly says in the Bible, you are to not have fear and you are to not worry. Cast your worries onto me and your anxieties onto me. That's very clear. So if you literally sit back and read the Bible in a way where you're saying, okay, well, what does God say that I am and and, am not to do? It's very Mm -hmm. clear that he says, you are not to be fearful. You are not to worry. You are not to have anxiety. You are not to X, Y, and Z. And so fear is not of God. And that for me was something that I had to, that's something that I've been working on for several years because, for instance, I had fear around finances. I'm a first-generation American of Dominican immigrant parents um, whose mom, for instance, to this day still works a minimum wage job. Um, and her life, And what I learned my entire life was, hey, Save, 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 save. It was never right. like, hey, if you're financially sound, these are the things that you can actually experience. Here are investments. Mm-hmm. Here are this. And this is what you can build, right? Yes. And so I was indirectly taught, hey, do everything to just keep a job and put your head down and just work really hard and yeah. save as much as you can because you never know when something bad will happen. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, And so I spent most of my life with fear around finances. Oh, my God, what if I don't have money to pay bills? What if I don't have this? What if I don't have that? And it wasn't until God said, hey, I need you to study that and look into that, and I need you to give me your fear of finances, that then I started studying tithing and finances in the Bible. And then as a result, I started tithing. That completely, it's six years now since I started tithing, that completely removed my fear around finances yeah you know what i'm saying and so we need to take that same approach in one reminding ourselves of the fact that fear is not of god and then two identifying well what am i fearful of and look at what god says about that in the bible oh i love that finances god said give me your first 10 and watch the floodgates come and you will be fruitful and like multiply and you you know i will give you everything in abundance it's very clear tell you not to have fear because even like you're going to live an abundant life. And again, he identifies abundance differently for everybody because he gives us according to our ability. Because God right. knows, oh, if I give this person this much money, they're going to wall out. So if I give them this much, though, they're still living abundantly, but I know that it's something that they're still going to use to glorify and praise me. Oh, I love that. I love how you broke that down. It's like it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all blessing. It's not. It's, it's not. Like I'm, I'm going to – Correct. Because that that's also a very easy way, um, to be honest, that we can um, get into comparing ourselves. Oh, why does this person make this much and I don't make this right. much? Why did God bless them this much? Because God blesses you according to your ability. And God knows you better than you know you. And oh, God yeah. knows Absolutely. what is your wild-out point and what is your I'll stay humble and still glorify him point. Hey, and like, so we're going we're gonna to still know and feel that he's blessing us abundantly. But the way that he's going to bless me is very different from the way that he's going to bless you because he knows what Ernest can handle and he knows what Denora can handle. Yeah, this is so true. This is, this is why you're my this is why you're my sister from another mister, me hermana. You, I mean, I just love <laughs> constantly like just like tapping into your spirit and just the way you view life. It's really through an optimistic lens of, like, faith over fear, you know? Mm-hmm. Fear is not mm-hmm. of God. And so, mm-hmm. again, I hope what people take from this is, again, we're not pushing any type of 
thinking or new no. age religion of anything. Mm-hmm. All we're saying mm-hmm. is seek something higher than yourself mm-hmm. that will mm-hmm. allow you to have some understanding when logic reasoning mm-hmm. isn't logic. Mm-hmm. You cannot be your own God. You cannot be your own God because you're human. You right. are human. And so you're going to constantly disappoint yourself. You're going to constantly make bad decisions. You're yep. going to constantly do a lot of things that you ain't supposed to be doing. And so you cannot be your own God. And so whatever that God for you is, whether it's Jesus Christ, whether it's Allah, whether it's Muhammad, whether mm-hmm. it's Moses, whether it's the plants and the trees and Mother Nature, whether it's the crystals and yeah. Palo Santo and saging, whatever your God is, it, it can't be you. And it needs to tap into the world beyond your human capacity and your human ability. It needs to be something that's bigger, that's miraculous, that's graceful, that that makes you better. And I think that's where we. I I mean, I think that's 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 it. That's a mic drop. You can't be your own god. We don't know during this time what is going to happen next. We just don't. And so, what we Mm -hmm. have to do is, like you said, remain faithful to our purpose, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. the intention behind everything that we do, and leave move with faith over fear. And fear is Mm -hmm. not a god. And Mm-hmm. So that just as everything else, this too shall pass. You know, my really, my final question to you is if you could look back, what would you want your legacy to say? Ooh. Ooh. You talking to my <laughs> children's children right now? Your children's children. What and by children's children, say? I mean if Sunday ever has a, a, a miraculous baby because she's safe, <laughs> so she ain't having nothing. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, you know what? I I think I no no no. Let me rephrase that. That I think I would like my legacy to be that my nieces and whoever else in my life says she always walked in obedience. Like my aunt or my grandmother or whatever. Wow, God always put something on her heart and she just obeyed and she followed the calling that God put over her life. And look at the life that she was able to live. And she has inspired me to do the same. That's what I would want my legacy to be. Oh, I love it. Well, I am proud to call you friend. I'm thankful that you gave some of your time during this crazy time to chat with us. And, you know, I will remain faithful as I know you will. And I hope our listeners will remain faithful in whatever is their purpose during this time and post this time. So, Denora, I appreciate you. And, um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me.